Why do we struggle sometimes to move forward, go after the things that we want, achieve things, and stay motivated with them? We're going to discuss why that happens often and how it relates to reparenting, inner child work, and how to start moving through that, adding pleasure in so that you can actually go after everything you desire. Welcome to the Sensual Power Podcast. This is a podcast for women, AFAP people, and anyone looking to learn more about generational trauma, childhood trauma, narcissistic abuse, sacred sexuality, and healing any wounds around money, sex, relationships, self, and doing expansion work with that. Everything that I'm talking about is based on my own experiences of healing and the work that I do with my clients. Keep in mind, though, I am a cis white woman, so the views that I express do come with a sense of privilege, and if harm is done, I am always willing to repair harm, so please reach out if that happens. Otherwise, stay tuned and listen to your next episode right now. Welcome back to your Sensual Power podcast. As always, I am your host, Valerie Schrader. Today, we are talking about Why do we struggle sometimes to move forward, to take action, to stay motivated? How is that being affected by any childhood wounding? And what you can do to combat that, to heal that? And how do you adding pleasure in help create more space for expansion, moving forward, doing the things? So let's dive into this. I did a poll this past week on my Instagram asking people if they struggled with moving forward, staying motivated, taking action on things. And the overwhelming majority of people said that it was all the time or most of the time, some of the time for them, that this was a struggle. And there can be a lot of reasons why this happens, such as maybe you're burnt out, maybe you're trying to force something or, you know, um, you're taking on too much, which again is all the burnout, right? However, what I find if this is a consistent pattern for you, especially if you're that person that like, I've been there, so I'm just going to use myself as an example for this. If you're that person that has spent many times in their life getting these great ideas, feeling really excited about something, getting opportunities flooding in, and then all of a sudden you notice yourself start to burn out quickly, you lose motivation, you don't follow through, or maybe you do, but like the energy behind it becomes a lot smaller. So something that could have been really great goes into something, you know, it's just okay, right? And this isn't just with business or career. I'm going to use some career stuff as an example of that. But this is with everything in our life. Maybe we have this plan to move, to, you know, change some things up in our lives, to create new relationships, to get out there more, start exercise routines or whatever it is. And then you just kind of fall flat on it. So what I find happening a lot is... This is all related back to something from childhood or early adulthood. Most of us childhood where maybe a parent or somebody that was really important in our life 
was kind of critical of us. Um, maybe they were always a bit judgmental of the things that we were doing or made comments about it. You know, it, it just felt like you were always being critiqued, always criticized, and it was never good enough, right? If you struggle with perfectionism, this also applies. Perfectionism for most of us is all about trying to make things perfect so it's good enough because we don't feel like it's ever good enough. And it takes a lot of work to combat that sometimes if if you're unaware of how to do it. Once you're aware of how to work through it, it's actually a pretty easy process to start tackling it. Like things will keep coming up, but like you'll have skills, you'll know how to move through it. It'll be a lot easier. But up until that point, like it feels like it just goes in a cycle all the time. And again, this all tends to come from were you criticized? Were you critiqued? Did you always feel like what you were doing and who you were was not good enough, right? It's it's like that kid that at the end of a, a game, at the end of a recital or event or school project or, you know, whatever it was as a kid and you go running up to your parent and being like, did you see me? Did you see me? Right? Because you're all excited and you want, you want them to be happy for you. You want them to celebrate you. And maybe they were like, good, good job. Or I'm ready to go. Let's, let's leave. Or you could have done this better or it was okay, but why didn't, why didn't you go after this? Or why didn't you win? Why didn't you score that goal? Why didn't you lift that leg higher in your dance? Why didn't you speak a little louder, right? If those things happened, and they can even be the most subtle of comments, and they can be the biggest of comments. Or again, maybe your parent wasn't even there, and you're, you're just, you know, they said, oh, I'll try to make it. Right. I'll try, I'll try to make it to this game. I'll try to make it to that dance recital. I'll try to make it to that play. And you're looking out in the audience, right, as a kid, and, and you're waiting to see them, and they're never there. Or they're bored, or they're, they were, you know, distracted. If you're in my age group, they weren't on their phone because that wasn't a thing. But, like, they were distracted. They weren't paying attention, Right. That can have a bigger effect than you realize it does. And for many of us, if we are not working to actively acknowledge that that part of ourselves from that period of time, right, that inner child within us or that young adult is still looking for the validation, is still looking for that parent. And even if it's not your parent you're looking for, you know, like looking for the praise from, that that part of you is still looking for that parent to come in and say, you did a good job. I'm proud of you. Look how amazing that was. And there's no critique after that. There's no, but it would have been great if you would have, you know, it's just, you did a really great job. If you're still looking for that, what happens a lot of times for us is we, we create something we have our hopes up, right? We're playing right into that that energy from when we were younger, just hoping to God's a parent or somebody that was important to us was going to come over and be like, 
that's really great. You're doing beautiful on that painting, on that whatever it is, right? I'm just giving some examples here, but you get the idea. We're waiting for them to come over and be like, yeah, that idea you have is fabulous. That project, that business, that those are amazing things. That idea to move, whatever, that idea to, you know, do things for yourself, like all of that stuff, whatever it is, we're, we're in that energy. We, ha- we, we have the idea to go after something or do something or be something, right? We get all excited about it and then we start looking subconsciously for the praise. And the praise doesn't come right away or at all. And because we're looking for it externally, we start to lose our momentum. We start to lose our fire behind it. And what happens is it just fizzles out again. We don't take action. We don't go after things. We don't move forward. Or if we do, we just don't put the full energy into it, right? And this can become a cycle where, you know, we'll, we'll try it again in, in six months, a year, whatever. And we just keep falling into the same pattern over and over again because we're still waiting for the praise. We're still waiting for somebody to come along and say, you did a good job, right? And they just don't do that for you. And I get it. It's hard. It sucks because we all want and need to be praised. We all want and need to be celebrated. We want someone that we care about to be proud of us. And there's nothing wrong with that to an extent. Problem with this. The problem is when we keep seeking the external validation, the external praise, we keep waiting for somebody to tell us that our idea is good what we want is good, you know, who we are is good, we're going to wait forever. We're going to fizzle out before we really go after anything and before we really start because nobody is there yet to actually do that. Or we're going to keep relying on the same person that may not be capable of giving you what you want to give you the thing that you want and it's always going to fall flat and you're just going to start to build up this idea internally that well why would I go after things when I know I'm never going to get what I need out of this and this sounds very childlike so if you're feeling a little ick about that I just want to clarify for you this is something that so many of us struggle with and again there is nothing wrong Not a damn thing wrong with you wanting to be celebrated and praised. We all need it. But this is where we have to learn to give it to ourselves first. And we also need to learn to maybe have a little bit more realistic expectations for certain people in our lives. And then seek out other people to give us the thing that we need. So to give you an example of this. You've heard me talk about my mother, if you've listened to this podcast, knowing that she's very narcissistic, definitely not the parent I would ever even remotely consider trying to get praise from. Like, it's just not in her wheelhouse. I don't even have a relationship with her because it's just healthier not to. My dad is a wonderful dad. I love him very much. And he's always been a wonderful dad. And he's also always been the person that's been very critical of me. 
And I understand where this comes from within him, right? We grew up with a lot of passed down trauma. Um, My family is from Germany, a little Jewish. We went through World War II. You get the idea there. Came over as immigrants. There was a lot of feeling when he was growing up of not being good enough, not fitting in. And I'm sure even with the talks that we've had about that, it goes even deeper than I, th- than I know and that I'm aware of. And I can't imagine how difficult it has been for him, especially in the time period that he grew up, feeling not good enough, not worthy enough, feeling odd, right? I can't imagine. So I understand that when he makes critiques or criticisms of things right away versus like actual praise, it's hard for him because there's a lot of self-judgment that he is used to and he just doesn't see it as him being critical or criticizing or anything like that he doesn't even realize he's doing it necessarily. And that's something for him to work through. If he's going to do it, it's not really something I can change about him. He also isn't aware of how hurtful it can come across. And because his intention isn't to be hurtful, right? His intention is He's seeing it as he's giving me advice, even when it's not asked for. And this, we're, we're learning to communicate intelligently and, and ha- use emotional intelligence is a thing. It, in some ways, he's extremely emotionally intelligent. And in some ways, he's a product of the environment that he grew up in, being, um, you know, an immigrant that moved to the U.S. and... And his time period, right? The time period of him, him being an adult and growing up. These things weren't talked about. And even with him being in spiritual communities and spiritual spaces and, you know, and even with that being largely Eastern religions and spiritual spaces, there was still a lot of Western ideas coming through because that was the reality of his environment, so there's a lot of that in there. And his own traumas, his own things play into the way that he interacts with me. And it's not intentional. <laughs> However, it doesn't mean that it hasn't created impact. I remember when I was building out a entire proposal to put pole dancing in the Arnold Expo. If you're not familiar with what that is, Arnold Schwarzenegger has this massive fitness expo every year. It started in the U.S., in particular in Columbus, Ohio, where I'm from. I don't know why it started in Columbus. I do know the story, but that's irrelevant right now. Um, And I don't remember the full details of it at this moment, so don't care. Um, And then it spread to multiple other countries. In total, it's actually larger than the Olympics with the amount of countries it sees. 
and the amount of people in attendance. Um, to give you an example, in Columbus, we get on average 800,000 people in over the weekend of the expo. So it's a big deal, right? Well, my first business was a pole and aerial studio, and I worked to present pole dancing in there. A friend of mine had skateboarding in, and he hooked me up with a meeting, went in there, and took about three years um, because there was a year where they finally said yes, and then Arnold's whole little... Um, Scandal came out about his illegitimate child, and they wanted to keep the um, Arnold that year very PC. <laughs> this fun little tidbit that most people don't know. So they nixed poll for that year, and then they let me bring it in the, the next year. So I spent three years busting my ass to get this in there. Three and a half, if we're going to be honest, because there was also the building out the proposal, talking to people, you know, what what is this going to look like? What would this be? And then we finally did it. We got to present it, not as a full expo sport, but you, what they do is they test it out. They, they essentially give you performance times throughout the weekend or presentation times, and you present it. If it goes over well, next year you get your full sport. You get to do, run the competitions and everything with it. It's pretty amazing. And so I did this and I remember being super nervous and super excited because here I was going to be presenting something <laughs> for the first time ever there to hundreds of thousands of people. And it was going really well. There was a few little glitches here and there, but like for the most part, it was going really well. And we were mitigating the glitches. Like there were little things like they wanted the music cleaner. And even though we picked what we thought was really clean music, like trying to figure out the format of when I would speak while somebody was performing or, you know, like just little things that like happen during big events where, you know, you, you roll with the punches. Being in the performing arts for as long as I have, you roll with the punches. And then my dad came to watch. He brought my daughter. He came to watch. And he was as proud as he could be. My dad's a very mild-mannered guy, so he does not, he's never going to show, like, big excitement. That's just not how he works. But he started making some critiques. And they were things that, like, if he had just held off, and asked me questions about how I thought it went, what I, is there anything I would do different or whatever, I would have explained some of what he was critiquing. He was saying like, yeah, these are the perimeters for right now. Next year, this will change because then it will be a full sport. But like, he didn't do that. He just immediately went into, this good. I would do da, 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 right? Like all of the little things. And my... My feelings about it just kind of dropped and they just got lower and lower. And then I started to doubt myself. I started doubting myself big time. Like, could I actually do this? Because he, one of his critiques was like, well, you need to get some help for this. You need to have people doing this because this is a lot for you to try to handle on your own. And again, I know where the place that it was coming from wasn't mean now, but at the time, it, it, what it sounded like with all of the critiques 
and saying I needed help with this is you really don't have this together by yourself and you need somebody to help you because you don't know what you're doing. That's where I took that. And lo and behold, there was some people that got involved. That's a whole other story. There's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of shitty things that happened with it. But I didn't stand my ground and, and stand in my place of being involved in that and going after it. And staying in the position that I wanted to because I got in my own head then of, see, you're not good enough. You can't do this on your own. You just need to let them take over. And I lost out on something that was really important. Now, looking back on it, I'm fine with it because (laughs) I didn't want to stay in that industry. But it's just an example. So you can kind of understand how this works. Like, it deflated me so much that I lost out on something that at that time was really important to me. And I saw a point of pride And I was very proud of what I was doing and creating and what this would be able to do for people within my industry. I wanted to do that. I wanted to give something. I I am naturally a helping person, hence why I'm a coach, why I'm in the field that I'm in. I wanted to create something, but I immediately let my dad's voice get in my head with that and think, see, you're not enough. You're not doing enough. And it just kind of shot me down. And there was a time later on when I started to realize what was going on and why it was becoming harder and harder for me to move forward on things and really take action. And that can be really hard to process, especially if you are that person that's like, oh my God, I had no idea. The reason that I struggle with these types of things is because of a parent. So if you're listening to this and you're starting to feel things, first of all, take a moment, do what you need to do for your nervous system because I get it. It's a lot. And I'm going to give you now some ways to start working on that. These are things that I've done myself. I do them with clients. I still use them myself. So if you find in your life that you are the person who you find yourself in the pattern of struggling to move forward with things, struggling to take action or to stay motivated on it or not really like going after things the way that you want to. The first thing you need to work on is when that inevitable moment starts coming up where you start to doubt yourself, you start to be in your feels, you start kind of losing momentum, going into the spiraling thoughts of how it's not working. If it's a business thing, why is nobody signing up? Why is the money not coming in? Why are the offers? Why are the meetings not being booked? Whatever. Why is my boss not (laughs) getting back to me on this? Whatever. Like all of these things. When that moment happens and you spiral and you can feel yourself getting really anxious or depressed or whatever, you got to start regulating your nervous system. You start got to get into your body because what's happening right now is your brain is spiraling. You are in all of the thoughts and all of the feelings and it's not helping. And that's also a time when you need to give yourself compassion because 
again, some of that, it's not even coming from you. You've adopted somebody else's way of thinking and feeling about what you're doing and taking it into yourself. So know that too. This is not, this is not all yours. Like, yes, you are the person that's now taking that on, but like you have some ability to work through this. So when all of that stuff comes up, you're all in your head, work on getting into your body in a way that feels safe, that feels relaxed, that helps you slow down and let go of the thoughts a little bit. So what are ways that you can do that? I'm going to give you some that I love, but it's really about what feels good to you. I personally like doing some slow breath work, maybe hugging a pillow while I breathe and stroking the pillow so that I can feel the texture of it. I have these like really deliciously cozy, fuzzy blankets and pillows from Target that I have on my couch and in my bedroom around where I work because they're really good for when I am needing that. So like even if I have a client session where somebody is processing a lot to help me stay regulated so I can help my clients stay regulated, sometimes I'm literally just sitting there stroking the blanket, stroking the pillow, holding it, hugging it while I'm talking to them. So I'm modeling what I want them to do for themselves but also making sure that I stay regulated enough to support them as best I can. So the other things you can do is get up and dance, move, shake your body, take a walk. I love getting outside in nature when I can. Where I'm at, it's spring, it's beautiful, there's flowers around. I really just soak that in so that I'm, I'm focused on my senses, right? I'm not focused on my thoughts. I'm focused on my senses. What am I seeing? What am I hearing? What am I feeling? You know, like I can hear the birds chirping, the leaves rustling through the trees. I can see the sun and feel the heat of it. I can look at all the beautiful flowers coming up. I'm really blessed to live in a beautiful neighborhood. So I try to take advantage of that as much as possible. And having dogs, it works great because... They love to go on their walks. So those are things I like doing. Sometimes cooking for me, especially if it's like a recipe I really enjoy. Maybe it's something that I um, remember from my childhood or I cook for my daughter like when she was little and I still make it. I love doing things like that because, again, it just feels really good. I can focus on my senses, you know, all five senses, and I can focus on just being in my body self-massage, taking a bath, anything like that. Again, it's really just about focusing on your senses and getting into your body. So maybe you make a list of things that you enjoyed when you were a kid or as an adult, places you like to go, things you like to do, right? Anything that just really, really helps you feel relaxed and in tune. If you like coloring, If you like puzzles, Legos, me and my daughter are like Lego fiends, it's a passed down thing. So we will do these super elaborate Lego sets. I love puzzles too. Like anything I can do in those moments to regulate. And that can be 
throughout your entire day. So even if you work in an office or something and you have a big project and you're starting to feel the things come up, what can you do in that time, right? Maybe for just three to five minutes, take a moment at your desk or if you can get up and move to regulate. It doesn't need to be for a long period of time. In fact, don't even try to just go into long things to do, right? Don't try like, I'm going to take an hour walk every day to make sure my nervous system is regulated. Because what will happen is your day will happen, right? Things will come up throughout your day as they do, as they always do. And there's going to be just not enough time for that. And that's okay. But this is the moment where you need to be like, all right, what can I do for just three minutes right now to get in my body, in my senses, and regulate? Okay, do that. Then jump back in to whatever it is you're working on. The next thing to do, and this is going to be more when you have a little bit more time to work with, is close your eyes And just slowly breathe and think about what it is that you're feeling anxious about. Don't go so overboard that you start to feel like, get like overly anxious, go into panic or trigger. But just enough to where you can start scanning your body from head to toe and noticing when I think about this, when I think about taking action on this thing, moving forward, doing the thing. Do I notice any areas of tension in my body? Do I notice myself getting nervous, getting tense, getting anxious, feeling irritable, whatever it is? Do I notice anything like that? When you do, that is the time to to tune into that. So that can be just focusing your attention there. That can be placing hands on that part of your body. For me, it usually shows up in heart space. And just start noticing, why do I feel tense right now? What's coming up? What's going on here, right? Notice all of that. Ask yourself, what is this part of me afraid of? What is this part of me worried about, upset about? And see if you can start asking questions internally to figure it out. Because that's the inner child part or the young you that has the worries, the fears. It's attached to your ego. So it's holding that memory of the time that it was either first or worse that you felt the criticism. We all have an event. I got my own. And that's the time where (laughs) you started immediately associating moving forward doing things going after stuff as this is not safe or it's not gonna work I'm not good enough right whatever it is you want to connect to that part because you want to then be able to work with it that part of you has been there for a long time and even though it's voicing its feelings it has not had a voice So let me say that again. Even though it's been voicing its feelings, it's not had a voice. What do I mean by that? I mean that this part of you has been running the show, 
taking over when you're in that mode of creation, move forward, act action, and it's stopping it or slowing it down or dimming it out because it feels safer to do that than to actually let you move forward. But when we actually let it have a structured voice, and that can be either talking within, getting a pillow and setting it out in front of you and visualizing that part of you on the pillow and let it talk, let it speak, embody it, right? Whatever you want to do. I do this with clients all the time. IFS work, internal family systems work, that is one of my core methods, I do a ton of that with my people. So it's also something that you can get support with. It's a big task, but once you get some work on it, man, it, it, things will shift so fast for you. So do it however you need to, whether internally acting it out, role playing it, embodying it, but you need to give that part of you some voice. Then what you want to do is start connecting to the part of you that if it was given voice, if it was given opportunity, what would it do without any distraction? That's the higher part of you, the divine part of you, right? The aligned part of you, this higher self version. So if you ever hear it, that's the part of you that has the initial idea, the initial want, the desire, whatever it is, and has the ability to follow through, to go after, to take things as big as it wants. When you connect to that part next, you can start to create a vision. Ask that part of you again, like visualize it, draw it, write it, whatever. Ask it to show you If I didn't have this fear right now, if I didn't have this resistance, if I didn't have this, how would I go about making this thing happen? Going after this goal, this desire, whatever. Following through. And create a picture within your mind or, again, write it out to give to the part of you that feels resistant. I do this all the time. So if I'm creating something, for instance, I have a very big project that I'm working on that is in more of the activism and legislation end of my work. It's something I've wanted to do for a very long time. And I notice little parts of me come up and get resistance to it. It's like, I know how impactful this project will be once it's brought to light So whenever the resistance comes up, I tell it it's okay. I'm here for it. I ask it what it needs because that's another thing too. You want to ask what it needs to feel safe. You want to talk to it in a loving and compassionate way. Don't scold it. Don't get mad at it because I guarantee you this part of you too is probably going to be worried about the rejection from you too. But you need to be able to show it love and compassion, understand it, and then understand how to support it better so then I'm going to show that part this vision that my higher self my divine self has for what it is that I'm creating to show it 
what it would look like for me to do that and show it the version of me that can absolutely make that happen. Because what that's doing is making it feel more secure, but it's also starting to see me in a different way. And I know this is how it's very fractured and over time it won't be right. We have to label this as a part of you because you don't want to take it on as this is the whole of who you are. You are just a person that doesn't act that doesn't follow through, that doesn't stay motivated, right? That's not true. There's a part of you that is afraid to do that or resistant to it, and we need to show that part that it's safe. So we connect to the part of you that absolutely 1,000% knows you can do this. And even if there's obstacles that come up, it can absolutely do this and take it as far as desired, beyond what you can even imagine. This is the part of you that trusts not only you, but universe, source, God, whatever you believe in, that this thing is in your highest good, your aligned thing for you. So when you can show that, then you can do it. Now, the next part of this, the last part, this is an ongoing part as well. You want to create ways to celebrate when you take action. So maybe the thing that you want to take action on is you want to really bring more health to your body and you struggle with staying motivated, staying focused, going after it. You have this big goal for yourself. So you now you've done some of the work, right? You've connected to the parts of yourself that fear it, resist it, and the part of you that knows you can do it. So now you want to praise it, right? Maybe that is celebrating the fact that you ate some vegetables that day with your meal. Maybe it's the part of you that decided to walk for 10 minutes or 5 minutes or dance for 5 minutes. Maybe it's the part of you that went to a gym or whatever it is, right? If this is a business thing, maybe it's the part of you that posted something that day or at least wrote down an idea for something you wanted to talk about. Whatever it is, no matter how big or how small, maybe it's the part of you that, you know, you're celebrating the fact that you took a few minutes to breathe. Maybe you celebrate yourself for listening to this podcast because you've been looking for ways to deal with this and you just found a resource, right? Or you saw an article, you looked up articles on how to stay motivated, right? All of these little things are steps that can push you forward and make it easier to go after what you want. So if you celebrate them and you find really fun ways to do that, and it doesn't have to be with money or whatever. Maybe you get up and have a dance break. Maybe you get yourself a star chart and you give yourself gold stars for every time you do something. Or you create a sticker chart. I love stickers. So... Um, you get a pack of stickers and you give one to yourself every day. You put it in your notebook, your planning book or whatever, somewhere you can see it and you reward yourself, right? Somehow. And then after you get so many stickers or so many stars, you're going to do something even bigger, right? So you start associating even those small, seemingly minuscule steps With something that is getting you forward, moving the needle, getting you where you want to be with whatever it is that you want to achieve. 
And this can, again, go for anything, go for relationship things. Maybe, again, you've been wanting to step into having more conscious sex or having more connected sex or having a more conscious relationship with your partner. Maybe you need to give yourself a star for the fact that that day you thought about or you looked up resources on how to communicate effectively. Or you did some breathing. You went and did some breathing when you noticed yourself getting triggered by something your partner did so that you could regulate and figure out how to address it. Maybe you set a boundary, right? Maybe you have been afraid to talk about something sexually and you just looked up an article on ways to talk about sex or a podcast or a post, whatever it is. All of these things are helping you. But when you don't pay attention to that, it's easy for the voice that says, you're not good enough, this is not going to work, whatever. It's easier for that to stay louder. But when you notice the small little moments and, and seemingly minuscule things that you can do or are doing to move you forward you start seeking out more. Like one of the things I do with my clients is at the beginning of a call, I ask for celebrations. Give me three things that you're celebrating this week, today. It can be something very small. It doesn't matter what it is. But I do that because I want you to get in the energy of moving forward, praising the small stuff. So these are my ways to do this. These are things that I do with my clients. Use all four steps again. Get into your body. Regulate your nervous system. Check in with the part of you that feels resistant or fear. Figure out what's going on there. What it needs. How, how you can support it and love it. Check in with the part of you that is aligned with this. That is in purpose with whatever it is that you desire. Whatever your your trying to achieve going after and then celebrate it you do those four steps and you start getting in practice of that regularly like commit to a month of doing that on a regular basis as needed except for the celebration celebration's got to happen all the time right but get into a practice of that you're going to notice some big shifts happening you're going to notice it's easier to work with these parts of you to release them and to move forward. So if you feel like you need help with this, book a call. This is something that I do all the time. If you want a little example of what this looks like, I do this within my amazing Pleasure Queens um, group. So this is a group course that I do. We work on this process. We set a goal. So imagine 16 weeks you're coming in, you're working on a goal to help bring incredible pleasure into your relationships and to your career. Because that's what this whole program is about. We are focusing on pleasure expansion in our relationships and our career. So if you're that person that you have been finding yourself struggling with these things, struggling to move forward, struggling to trust struggling to connect on deeper levels in your relationship or to go after the career goals that you want. 
imagine now you've set a goal, right? You are literally acting out this process in the group. We are going through the steps. We are doing the coaching weekly to do that. You're getting the homework and you're getting the accountability to make that happen. So by the end of the six weeks, you're at you're mastering these skills and you're able to use them for the rest of your life. That's what we do in there. So you can sign up for that. You can book a free call with me to talk to me about it or just talk to me about this in general. If you feel like you got it, do this work, right? Go after it. Make these four practices something that you actively do all the time. You're going to have stumbles. You're going to have bumps. This is why sometimes having support works because it's more about getting the accountability, getting a group of people that are going to keep you motivated, support you, see you in it, and also normalize what you're experiencing because they experience it too. But do it even if it's not there. And again, ask questions. Send me anything you have. Share this with anybody you think would benefit from it. Give me a review. Subscribe. I want to hear from you too. If this helped, if you want more on this, let me know. And I hope you're having a wonderful week. And again, take it one step at a time and celebrate the shit out of yourself.